Hello and welcome in. This is the podcast Builder versus Buyer, and I'm the host, Adam Steiner. We are bringing builders and buyers together through advice and education. Today, I have with me Byron Brooks. Byron, thanks so much for being on. No, no problem, Adam. Thanks for having me. Um, for those that don't know you, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> uh, okay, I do a few things, but the two main things that I do uh, I run a construction company called Brookwright uh, Developments. So we're a custom home builder here in Calgary, Alberta, in Canada. And uh, we primarily build architecturally designed uh, custom homes. And we've had the opportunity to work on some really interesting projects over the last uh, eight years that we've been in business. Um, and then my other main job is I uh, run an industry group called Builders and Brews. Uh, and that's meant to foster collaboration in the design uh, and construction industry here in Calgary. That that is so uh, immediately it got my attention when I saw that builders and brews. I was like, okay, there, there's something there. I, I would love to have a beer with this guy. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. What's what's your vision behind that? What's going on there? Sure. Uh, no, that's it's it's been fun. Like I didn't expect it to be to turn into anything beyond exactly that. That was my initial interest too. Like, I like beer. I like building. Let's put them together. But. Uh, well, we were working in a tap room, actually, ironically, where we have our offices now in a, in a brewery called Annex Ale Project. Um, and so we now lease a small space from them uh, off to the side of their brewery. But initially, uh, three or four, five years ago, maybe, we were helping them build out their tap room. And we got to see firsthand how that craft beer industry uh, works to build each other up in an effort to uh, better educate local consumers on the benefits of uh, purchasing and drinking and interacting with the craft beer community. Um, and that manifests itself through like shared marketing campaigns and sharing resources in terms of like, like hops. So, like apparently I didn't know this before I got more involved with beer, but hops are pretty popular and some of the more rare varieties can be really hard to obtain. Um, like it's subject to seasonal changes the same way any crop is. So there are times when it can be really hard to get a specific type of hops. Uh, and so the breweries, we would see firsthand where they're, they'll share hops amongst each other. And I thought, man, that's super cool. Like, we just don't get that in construction. Like, you'd never, if there was a shortage of walnut, you'd never, like, go to the builder and say, hey, I see you got that big pile of walnut over there. You mind kicking some of that my way? It would be, no, I got it. I got it. I, I earned this walnut <laughs> when when really we should be helping each other out. So that was yeah. nice to see. Um, and sorry, you I'm and I, a bit of a long, yeah, go no. ahead. You and I both know that walnut's sitting in the back of the builder's office or warehouse or model home and doesn't yeah. get touched for like three years. Yeah. Collects dust. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what have, what have been some of the, the benefits you've seen from it? Builders you've met, uh, trade partners, you know, how, how have the events gone? I know COVID's probably thrown a wrench in those gears, but um, yeah. Yeah. COVID, COVID's definitely slowed things down a little bit, but uh we so builders and brewers went from there where i saw the way these craft brewers worked to build each other up and to help each other out and so then i looked at how we could apply that in our industry and it started um with a couple of kind of casual sort of almost like meetup type events um and then turned into more structured events centered around education uh and kind of networking and in a really casual low impact way i find a lot of people are in, in our industry are not natural salespeople and not natural networkers like the trim carpenters just want to do trim carpentry and painters just want to paint and designers just want to do flat lays on Instagram. 
but <laughs> but I'm, I'm just bugging designers. But um, so now that's turned into an interesting space where we do these educational events. We do them virtually now. Um, but then after that, there's a lot of interesting conversations that happen, like nothing unifies like a shared struggle. And we all share a lot of the same struggles. So it's nice to commiserate with people uh, and learn from them. One one particular thing that always sticks out to me, one of on the face of it, they're my competitors, um, Jimmy and Janine from Vicon Homes here in Calgary. Uh, I was talking to Jimmy one time about like I was having trouble with a client that wanted me to use a specific trade that he recommended because his friend Bill or something had used this guy on his garage renovation. And I was saying like, OK, like that's not the kind of work we're doing here. I know my trade. I know what they're capable of. This is who we need to use. Yeah, but this guy's price is like half the price. Okay, I get that, but it's because he's doing a different he's doing different work. So I was talking to Jimmy about that, and he said, "Oh, you need to tell him that. You need to just say, look, this is why you hired Brookwright. You hired Brookwright to build a Brookwright home, and this is the way we do it. We don't do it by hiring trades we've never met before." So I thought that was a cool, just like little trick, or not a trick, but a little turn of phrase where you can help educate your clients on how we do our work and so that was a neat little moment that another builder shared with me that wouldn't have come about uh, without builders and brews that's awesome yeah i'm it it seems like we're on a similar mind here of just a a rising tide raises all ships um you know like i'm a big fan of there's there's not that much rocket science in this <laughs> we can share our information and help each other yeah. out and um not everybody's gonna starve you know we're, we're all gonna be okay so yeah i i love the the idea behind this and it's um yeah really awesome that you're doing it um anything what, what are some of the big questions you get from builders or questions you hear a lot from builders in your um, questions i get from from builders or from from anybody is like who what's builders like who is builders and brews for like who's and i say that it's for everybody in our industry who's interested in being better and connecting with people um so so we get that we get that a lot and then beyond that we get the the same frustration that's shared across our industry i think in terms of how do we educate clients whose main source of information up to now has been hgtv or just Googling or Pinterest or or any other forum that's going to tell you a sensationalized version of what our industry actually does. So uh, one way we found successful in that, and it's one of our first presentations we did, is we did a presentation on the pre-construction um, sort of phase of a project and and about our approach in Brookwright and, and uh, the architect that we had speak during that one about um, stepping away from competitive bidding, like engaging the right build team and design team from the outset, almost thinking in terms of integrated project delivery uh, or a design build kind of model, but not yeah. exactly. So we did a presentation on that, uh, and that was pretty cool because I had a couple of colleagues come to me like three months after that event to say, you know what, we haven't uh, we haven't bid a job for free since we did that um, since we did that event, and our enjoyment of our work has gone up which I thought was pretty cool. Like I didn't see that coming, but so that's a neat one too, that we get fairly often. And I think it's pretty universal across our industry is, is how do we step away from estimating for free? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is, is a big one. Even if you're not delivering custom homes, there's still a lot of frustration that goes on in the, the pricing circle and dealing with clients that are working, looking at seven other builders and, I don't think it's better for the client either. I feel like they end that process more frustrated, more confused. 
I always say to people, pick the builder you trust the most, like find that person that you know you can trust. And when something goes wrong on your site, they're the ones that are going to help you fix it and figure out the rest from there. What are your thoughts? Oh man, I 100% agree. We so that's our process. We do a couple. We do an interview or two uh, for personality fit, and then we establish a, a high level budget. And if it's not a good mutual fit, like you, you have to recognize that that uh, some one builder I was talking to or somebody somewhere along they made the analogy that you're you're not just you're not just getting married to this person who's doing this project, the client builder. You're not just getting married. You're having a baby, and you're trying to raise it together. <laughs> with, with, without having any without having any lead in you're just kind of thrown into it uh, and that can be really stressful and a really emotionally fraught process so finding that um, kind of personality match and and trust somebody finding somebody you can trust uh, is incredibly important because you're right the multiple bidding scenario it turns it back into a commodity right and then they're just considering numbers and schedules and things and they take the human out of it and that just turns it kind of into a bummer for all of us, the clients included. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't, I feel like the people that do that process aren't the ones that end up really happy with their build and builder. Um, jumping back to something you said. So you actually do you do a physical personality test with clients. How's that? How's that look? I've thought about that. We do not do that. I have, I have thought about, cause we have a, um, well, there's all sorts of different personality tests. We we use one called that called DISC, and so we've done that with our team. It yep. would be actually funny to have to have clients go through that. But when you're thinking about it, like if you're whether you're doing a hundred thousand dollar project or a two or three million dollar project, it's very involved. So I think it might be worth the time investment, and it would kind of qualify things from both sides. Where like if you if a client asked their builder to take this personality test, or vice versa. Uh, it would produce interesting results both ways. It's not something we've done, but that's an interesting idea. I'd like to try that. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you incorporate the architect in this process? Are there some that you work with pretty consistently that you steer your clients to, or do they bring you clients? How does that typically work? Yeah. So we realized pretty early on that. Um, so so we were we were kind of blessed that some of our first projects were with. Uh, architects um, out of the states and pretty pretty well renowned architects at uh, Bolin Swinsky Jackson, known mostly for doing institutional and large projects, but they do a few custom homes. Um, so we recognized pretty early on that our passion for design and kind of commitment to seeing the details through the way they were intended uh, was unique in our space here in Calgary. Like there's a lot of uh, a lot of semi-custom building and a lot of um, more commodity-based tract building that happens. Uh, so we've always made it a focus of ours to market primarily to architects, recognizing that if we make them look like rock stars throughout one of our projects, uh, they're going to send more work our way. So that's been pretty successful in the past. And it's also where the fun is, right? When you can establish that trusted relationship, um, and like I'm sure you have with some of your build partners, well, that then it just it just gets a lot smoother. And so so we've seen some of that success. Uh, over the years, which has been enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. When there's not the the constant bus tossing and everybody's on the same yeah. team, it, it, yeah. it does lead yeah. to a lot more fun project. That um, is funny. Yeah. You're just like a game of Frogger where you're just, you're just dodging buses as a team and nobody's <laughs> actually working. It's just the clients just hammering down the road in this big bus and take people out. Yeah. That's sadly too much of the industry. Um, what, speaking of which, what do you think is something the industry as a whole, the average builder, what what can they get better at? Where where can we improve? 
I think uh, so. I honestly, I think it's, I think it's empathy. I think if you can turn it around, um, and, and so one story I tell here is that one of the architects that we work with um, quite often from uh, uh, Mark Bhutan, um, an architect here in town in Calgary. He uh, built his own house a few years ago. And he said he wished he had done that much earlier in his career, just for the depth of understanding it gave him of, gave him of the client experience of building a building. And I thought, oh, that, that's interesting. And then as we dug into that more, it's because it's easy for me to say from this side that it's emotionally fraught. And it's easy to like, oh, yeah, oh, a project went over by 10%. Oh, that, okay, that's that sucks, but that happened. But right. when it's that 10% to you means, okay, I now have to go find $120,000 somewhere, like, that, that it changes things. So I think builders approaching uh, projects with empathy and an understanding that clients are, are nervous and don't haven't done this before. So there's an information imbalance. So if we could put ourselves in their shoes and try and be a little bit more considerate, excuse me, considerate of how this process goes for them, I think that would benefit um, almost everybody in our industry. Yeah, I am. Um, I actually haven't shared this before on the podcast, but for a season in our life, my wife and I were in the process of adopting, and um, I, I've I've always been been in the home building industry, grew up in it, and so like never felt that that stress and frustration. But then when I got in the process of adoption, the emotional stakes are high. There's money involved, and and I remember that feeling like it finally clicked. I'm like, oh, this is what home building clients feel like, um, because like when the communication was bad or there was another bill we needed to pay that we didn't know about and didn't foresee. Like we could just feel all that frustration and it was emotionally charged and, and all that. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this is what our clients are going through. Um, so if there's anything outside of the home building process, you can get yourself out of that world. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was really eye opening to me to see that. Um, and I know that the two things are totally, totally different, but I, I get what you're saying and that the, the empathy needs to grow as far as the home building industry is concerned. Yeah. Hey, that, that's a great, that's a great analogy though. And a great, a great parallel. Cause it is, it's similarly, like I said, emotionally fraught and you're in an area in the adoption space where you, there's an information imbalance. The people on the other side are holding all the information and all the, the power that that represents. Whereas you as a, as a, person trying to adopt you don't you don't know what you're doing and that's that's the typical home builder model too so that's a great uh there would be some really good lessons in there yeah yeah well um <laughs> the, hard-earned hard-earned <laughs> lessons by you which you could share with other people yeah um i won't derail the podcast with that right now but uh yes there are plenty of lessons in there um what is something so flipping the table um most of the builders i know are actually really good people that want to build a good product and want to stand by it. But that's not the perception the industry got. Um, the The builders are on, you know, not to throw another industry under the bus, but I feel like they're on the plane with lawyers. Like the people interact with them feeling like they're going to get screwed. Something is going to go wrong. And whoever the client is, is going to hold the short end of the stick. If, if you were to say something on behalf of builders to clients, what would it be? What do you wish clients knew more about the industry? Well, that's a great question. I was just going to talk about we should all start slagging firefighters. If we can knock firefighters down a few pegs, that'll leave room <laughs> for builders. That'll leave room for the perception of builders to grow in the public's eyes. But but that's not the answer you're looking for. Uh, the 
what do I wish clients knew about builders? Um, I, I think I think what I what I would wish and what I would encourage clients or buyers to look for is find somebody who got into this because they were passionate about their craft. Like I, I think that's why most of us got into building. It's why I did. I, I wasn't a particularly good student, but I was really good at uh, staying active and, and building things. So I ended up pursuing a carpentry path because I loved the process of, of building things. Uh, my job has changed since then, but originally that's why I got into this business from a passion about the craft of building homes and, and furniture in my case, and so I think if clients respected that a little bit more and stepped out of that kind of commodity mindset, I think they would do our industry a, a real service um, by by looking at the root cause of why most builders got into this. That's awesome. Um, how can people find you? Okay. Um, builder or People can find me on Instagram. Instagram is kind of our primary social media outlet. Uh, and we're at uh, Brookwright Construction uh, on there. That's B-R-O-O-K-W-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, and then Builders and Brews is also on Instagram, so you can find information there. And then, of course, our websites are, are similarly um, addressed. Yeah, and you guys need to check that out. They do some awesome, awesome stuff. Do you have any other questions, final comments, thoughts for me? Um, no, I think w w one thing I would, I would want to add... Um, is that I think, and it's related to what we were talking about, that would make, uh, that builders would benefit from. I think in addition to empathy, we also have to not lose sight of the fact that we're in a service business. Like all, like we build things, but ultimately ours is a service industry. So I think there are real lessons we can take um, from people who are specifically in the service industry. Like think about uh, a hospitality, like a restaurant that you go into where they have the rule of like, okay, you need to, like the, the hostess at Earl's or wherever, you make eye contact, you greet the person. If you start applying some of those simple service and hospitality lessons, um, you'll enjoy your work more and you'll provide a better uh, service to your clients, I believe. Yeah, I was at a builder. I was a sales agent at a builder um, and they had every single sales agent meet with every um, superintendent and call every single one of their clients every single week. And it sounds oh, wow. like it sounds like so much overkill but it actually saved time in the long run because the i'm sure you know like the biggest freak out moments clients have are when they feel like they can't get an answer when they feel like they can't get a hold of someone and so to just cut that off of the head and meet for an hour every friday and say okay we're calling <laughs> we're calling all nine clients we got and we're going to talk to them for each for five minutes uh, if they got a big question we're going to circle back with them with an email later in the weekend or whatever um but man, it was like what you're saying about service-based, it was so helpful and it just really helped stop the fires before they started. Yeah, that's awesome. That's like proactive wound care. Like a, <laughs> a, a client like a, a client being angry is like a wound and if you let it fester for a whole weekend, it'll be this gross pussy mess. Whereas if you just put a Band-Aid on it on Friday, it'll be fine. A Band-Aid yeah. and some polysporin, some verbal, <laughs> verbal polysporin. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. That's a cool idea. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it, it served us well for sure. Cool. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I won't take up your whole afternoon here, but, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and I look forward to talking to you in the future. Awesome. It was great chatting with you as well. Thank you, Adam. You can reach the show on Instagram at builder or by email 
info at buildervspire.com. Also, I'm on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram for my design firm. If you want to follow along, check out Floor Plans. I'd love to hear from you. That's Burnham Design Co., B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. And LinkedIn is my name, Adam Steiner, S-T-E-I-N-E-R. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review. And last but not least, thanks to Andrew Michael Metter for the music. 